0: Tourism is the Bahamas' major economic asset and the largest contributor to jobs and economic growth. The sector, however, has been one of the hardest hit by COVID-19 and came to a screeching halt at the beginning of the pandemic and for several months after. The tourism industry has since gradually reopened, which has resulted in increased economic activity and the redeployment of some furloughed workers. Though it is projected that we will not see pre-pandemic tourist levels until maybe in 2024, we remain hopeful. Some believe that the Bahamas should diversify its economy away from tourism and into other industries in search of economic growth. Tourism, however, is undeniably the country's major export industry and expanding other economic industries at the expense of tourism is probably not good economic sense. It is imperative now, more than ever, for the Bahamas to explore better ways to improve tourism while simultaneously ensuring that the nation's tourism sector works for the benefit of the citizenry. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Seafile Talks. I'm Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments here at CFILE. And joining me in studio are Lachelle White, Investments Manager, Angelo Butler, Senior Analyst here at CFILE, and Anthony Ferguson, President and Founder of CFILE. In today's episode, we will dissect the Bahamas' tourism industry and discuss ways to make tourism work for the citizenry. Let's get right into the discussion. Has the employment opportunities carrot, which is dangled before the citizenry to assess the benefit of tourism, still effective, given that many of the jobs in hospitality and tourism are at minimum wage levels or relatively low-paying jobs?
1: I think that it has become less and less effective. Um, While many people are happy for the availability of jobs, the concept of being paid minimum wage is just, um, not as attractive given how high cost um, our country is. Um, the rate of inflation continues to go up. And so while I think it was like, oh, you could get these tens of thousands, these thousands of jobs, it's just people are like, well, they want to, I think more, more and more people want to become owners um, because the minimum wage is, is just not cutting in for them. And I think that the government shouldn't settle for minimum wage jobs when you have these big, um, hotel projects, especially since we're giving them so much concessions. But I think that's a, <laughs> that's another, um, discussion that we are going to have, but yeah, I don't think it's as effective, um, anymore. I think that a lot of people, especially the younger people have drive and they want to become owners. They want to maybe be in the tourism business, but they also want to, um, maybe be their own bosses.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of, You know, when these projects come out now and you see the reaction on um, social media, you know, in a lot of cases, people are saying, you know, how many more hotels are we going to build that are foreign owned? Um, When are we going to start owning these things? Uh, People are looking to get more into, um, you know, an entrepreneurial venture and so forth. But I think, you know, the other side of it is, you know, there's always that immediate pressure for jobs. And I think the politicians, um, you know, if, if you can't help your, you know, residents or um, you're not providing sufficient jobs. Um, you know, people begin to turn on you. And so, you know, they know that if I do this project, that's a thousand jobs, um, regardless of how, you know, how low they may pay. Um, you know, they say, okay, people will eventually be that is, Oh, this is something, it's better than nothing. And so I think that pressure is always going to be there. We haven't created an economy that's dynamic enough to, you know, sustain a low unemployment rate. Um, So, you know, every time, every, yeah, I think, you know, we have thousands of graduates coming out of school and, you know, they're just looking for something, something that these people can quickly get into. Um, But I think we also need studies on, you know, or data on employment in the actual tourism industry. Um, You know, what percentage of employees actually make minimum wage? Um, Because I'm sure the people that work in accounting and human resources, um, marketing, um, their managers in these you know, hotels, you know, what percent actually make minimum wage um, and, you know, whether they have any information on how much people make from tips Um, because a lot of people work in the lower end jobs, um, but they make significant, you know, sums in tips. But I don't think we have any of this data. We just assume that, you know, the people at in some positions make minimum wage and the others make, you know, something. So, you know, how do we really assess how beneficial it is from an employment perspective?
3: Well, the the hotels do have the numbers, but you're right. Um, um, I would venture to say that 99% plus of persons in the hotel make more than minimum wage when you include the gratuity um, that they, they have. I think that the most disheartening, disheartening thing about the tourism today is the lack of Bahamian leadership uh, managing these properties after being in the business of number one tourist destination in the Caribbean for so many years. So it's just kind of unfortunate. And I think, um, you know, in the old days, when the, and the former prime minister, um, Sir Lyndon Pinlin, would make a phone call and things happen, you know, um, today those things don't happen. And um, and so uh is just not given opportunities. Uh, we prefer to uh, terminate Qualified Bohemians, and and before you know it, there's an expat in the position, and 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 no one says anything about it anymore, and and until we are prepared to take a holistic view of our tourism product, our tourism um, um, strategy, um, whether that's human resource strategy, whether that's um, capital expenditure strategy or product strategy, um, um, I think we will continue to just uh, muddle through and have thousands of the average students coming through who, who can't do any more than what they are doing.
0: I think a large chunk of the persons that um, work in the hotel sector, the base salary is minimum wage. And if you notice, when we have the argument about increasing the minimum wage, it's the hotels that complain a lot more. I mean, persons complain in general, but it's the hotels who complain a lot, a lot more. The base salary for per- most persons in the hotel sector is minimum wage. And that gratuity um, is would take them over the minimum wage mark. I don't know if you remember a few years back where there was an argument, I think at one of the hotels, where they wanted to widen the pot for the gratuity because it was just the service in the restaurant that were getting the extra. And they wanted to widen that pot to housekeeping and the rest of those in order to get additional funds. So I, I look at. The hospitality um, and the tourism jobs, generally speaking, as being transitory jobs, um, you you come out of school, you're going into university, you need a little part-time job. You work at these um, um, organizations. I don't know if it was intended or should be intended that someone will go into these jobs and stay there forever for the duration of their um, um, their time at the hotel when there's limited opportunities for upward mobility um, in the sector. So I guess that, that's another issue that we have in terms of creating an environment and that's where the diversification comes in that you come out of high school or you're in university and you're working at these jobs and it's transitory and then you go into your your desired field So I think there are are lots that needs to be done within the tourism sector and outside the tourism sector to create that diversification so that um, wage in the sector can be more attractive.
2: I think, you know, on a a wider point as well, um, you know, this isn't a problem unique to the Bahamas. I think even in dynamic economies or what people would consider more developed economies, such as the U.S., you have people who find themselves in minimum wage jobs for extended periods of time. And you know, they they then get to a point where they start complaining that this is not livable or this is not um, sufficient. So all around the world, we're seeing that um, you know economies are not really producing that environment where everyone can use a minimum wage job as some sort of transitory um, role. And that's why you're hearing these discussions about the minimum wage needs to increase or the government needs to provide some sort of livable wage. Uh, particularly with, you know, automation now, they're saying it's gonna be threatening jobs. So, you know, it's not just, I don't think it's just a tourism in the Bahamas um, problem, but the wider world, you know, are we creating economies that are dynamic enough where people could continuously transition as they grow older, but at the same time, persons have to educate themselves and and look for ways to advance themselves um, to get into better paying jobs. You know, it, it can be, I started at 20, um you know I've worked there for twenty years, so you are obligated to pay me double what I was making at you know and so forth, so you know I think you know it's a very wider
0: discussion and and to your point, Angela, I think that was a good point you know um you work at the the hotel sector and in, in the and the owners or the managers of these hotels are saying for this particular job, this is what you're going to be paid and it doesn't matter that you've been working here for twenty thirty years. I, this job, doing this work, is what you're going to pay. And I think, personally, it's deteriorated. My parents worked in the hotel sector. When my mom retired in 2000, in the year 2000, she was making a base salary of $350 per week. And my father, many years, my late father, many years from that, when he, he worked um, in, in the kitchen, he was one of the chefs in the kitchen, he would, when he left the hotel sector, he was making $500 uh, per week, that was his base take-home um, pay. And um, from what I hear from persons in the hotel sector, they're not getting that in terms of a base um, a base pay to at least go home with. So I think a lot of things have really deteriorated um, um, in the sector in well, terms I mean, of job.
3: I, I don't know if it's deteriorated. It's it's a confluence of, quite frankly, mismanagement of our global economy. I when I say global, the Bahamas. So for instance. Um, back then, you know, the cost of generating electricity was not taking up, you know, a substantial portion of a hotel's budget, right? So, you know, and then you have these um, places like the Chamber and, and the likes uh, who, when the government talk about bringing on a livable wage, you know, oh, no, 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 we can't do this. And so um, I think, first of all, we need to get rid of this thing called the minimum wage and replace it with the livable wage, and then, you know...
0: Before you go, we just thought, what's the difference? Why do we need to remove the minimum wage to replace with a livable wage? The point is people need to make
3: more money, right? And whether it's a universal basic income, whether it's a livable wage, whether it's a minimum wage, the fact of the matter is it has to be addressed.
0: So is the government responsible to set the overall strategy, policies, and objectives for the tourism industry? Does the Bahamas have a tourism strategy? All them
3: people are paying at the Ministry of Tourism, I hope they have one. (laughs) You have these people all over the world in these offices, quite frankly, then that's that's another problem because you should not have a tourism office in Miami and uh, you should have a Bahamas office that encompasses economic... Uh, 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 planning, um, attracting um, 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 companies to visit the Bahamas should be, the tourism should be in there. It should be, you know, a holistic thing. And that way we can cut our costs. But I mean, we s- spend a lot of money on tourism marketing. Um, and again, uh, you know, perhaps they need to address the objectives of the Ministry of Tourism to, 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 to um, structure it for a 21st century Bahamas. Because quite frankly, the current construct is not achieving its objective other than providing jobs for favorite people, etc.
0: So we don't have a tourism strategy
3: or none so. that we know. I, I'm not aware of one. I'm not aware of one.
0: I, yeah,
1: I'm not aware of one either. I think we need a widespread strategy Um, for tourism, and then we could drill down for um, each island because each island is unique in its own way. So we need a strategy, and then that would feed into the overall theme. I know that we – I mean, the Bahamas is a beautiful place. We have beautiful beaches, and, you know, persons like to come here and enjoy themselves. But, you know, we have more to offer, and we can have more to offer. And I think that in the absence of a strategy, we just basically – not taking advantage of these things that can make tourism work better for us.
3: I'll give you an example. Um, We don't talk about it a lot because it really doesn't touch a lot of Bahamians, but the boating tourism. Persons were there, 200-meter, 100-meter yachts. They paid a Commonwealth to the Bahamas the handsome sum of about $300 to enter the country. (laughs) They use and abuse our seabeds, et cetera. And that's it. I mean, and then 99% of the time, the entire crew is foreign. They don't pay any work permits. I mean, and I am most certain those yachts, operating costs of anywhere from a million several million a year would not mind spending and paying fifty thousand or a hundred thousand for uh annual kind of permitter i mean so the point is that we, we we have so much to address to increase our revenue and our product that it's probably high time that the ministry of tourism and the minister and those get together and lock themselves in a room and come up with a 5-, 10-, 15-year strategic national plan that focuses on tourism and and, and the likes.
2: I think you have a, a perfect example right now of, of how it seems like we just go with the flow. Um, you know, there's this back and forth in the newspaper about the swimming pigs um, out west in, in Gambia, I think. And, you know, that started Adelaide. as Adelaide. That started as, you know, swimming pigs was, I think Exuma was pretty much the it first It was an
0: accident. Did, yeah. It wasn't even planned. And it was an accident. You know, it was
2: like people would go to Exuma to s- swim with the pigs. You know, it was like a thing. But now you have them on every island. They're, now they're in Nassau and it's like, you know, we just, we see this working somewhere. Everyone gonna, is going to adopt it instead of, you know, finding, okay, maybe that's Exuma's niche. Uh, maybe in a three you have you know you set up some sort of pineapple tour or um, some sort of field where people you know something that's specific to each island but it seems like we just okay that's working there we bring in that hair and we're going to cannibalize and we we continue cannibalizing what whatever works but we're not really innovating um, consistently and I think you know that I, I find that to be a perfect example because I you know I don't think that fits with with Nassau but someone's trying it.
0: I think that's cultural because you would see that you have a roadside vendor starting to sell something. I'm in a 99 cents breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) And then it it seemed to be successful because you see a lot of people, you know, patronizing the business. They just keep going east, 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 east. Yeah. And then someone will go right down the road right next door to sell the same thing you know to infringe upon that process so i think it's cultural and it goes back to what we are all saying if there is a national tourism strategy we definitely don't know what it is and i think we desperately Need a national tourism strategy that will show how we will grow our tourism base. More, more money being spent, whether it's by stopover visitors or even we have great opportunities with cruise ship passengers. Because if Anthony is saying that uh, the average cruise ship passenger spends uh, fifty dollars um, per visit, then those, the the discussion should be how do we get that that cruise ship passenger to spend more? What do we have to put in place for that cruise ship passenger to spend? Or what do we need to be doing now in order that when they come off the cruise, they are spending more uh, uh, monies into our communities and in our country? And I think that ties in with our next question. What is community-based tourism, and it is, a, is it appropriate for the Bahamas' market?
1: Well. <laughs> uh, community-based tourism is a type of tourism where basically you go into various communities to experience their culture and the things that they do. And I think that this is absolutely something that can work um, for the Bahamas. I'm from Andros, and you know I went catching crab once in my life. <laughs> I haven't been again. But I think that that's like you have all of these people. Like you watch these shows on TV, like naked and afraid, where these people like they like these cultural experiences. So I you could imagine people would pay to go in the bush in the middle of the night to catch. Girls. I think that's something that people would want to do. So I think that's very interesting. You have um, people who plait straw. Like if you can go and sit with somebody who plait straw, even that's something that I would be interested in. All of these cultural events. I mean, I'm from the Bahamas, but you know, to have all these islands who have these um, unique um, things. Um, To show, I think that it could be, and it could be also a very niche market, and we could probably get more money um, out of it um, than just the regular, you know, come, go to the beach, you know, go do a little tour around the island. I think so. I think that it's something that we should explore. But again, as we were speaking about before, we need to make sure that that we have the proper infrastructure on these islands um, so that we can accommodate um, these things. And it should be something that is a part of a widespread national tourism strategy.
0: I mean, look at Airbnb. I think that's a community-based type um, tourism. We have, according to um, Airbnb statistics, 3,600 active uh, rentals. And the momentum is with Airbnb as opposed to the hotel, because 50-plus percent Um, of of, there's a 50 plus percent occupancy for Airbnb as opposed to the hotels only 47 uh, percent occupancy and that's a form of a tourism-based activity and I think that market is good because when those persons visit an Airbnb or stay at a a, at a, a someone's residence they are eating from the restaurants around they are catching a cab Um, to where they have to go or or someone is riding. I know a friend who um, had some persons, there were some persons over for an Airbnb in their neighborhood and the person who was supposed to take them around was unable to do it and so they asked her mother to do it and she took them around for the weekend, driving them to where they wanted to go. So she made some extra uh, um, cash. They ate at the local restaurants because they wanted to also experience um, the culture and the good thing is that money stays into our country. And that money is in our communities, and in our, um, um, and it affects our economy. As opposed to a larger chunk of the monies that are made in the hotels, leave the country.
1: Yeah, and I think that generally tourists have a better experience um, when they do the Airbnb. Of course, you have some tourists that they want to have the, you know, the housekeeping and they want to have the convenience of being able to go downstairs for breakfast as you would get in the hotel. But, I mean, I've seen um, tourists um, with Airbnbs in my neighbourhood and they're just, like, walking to the beach, they're going to the stand. you see them in the food store, you see them in the restaurants, and um, they're enjoying themselves. So, and, you know, it's more of a cultural feel um, when you um, when you do things like that. So I do think that Airbnb has been, on one hand, like really good for us. On the other hand, it's very hard to find apartments <laughs> if you're like going on um, family honest But I think it's been good, and I think that it's also empowered um, locals to own their, uh, own their own business. So on both sides, it's good for tourists, and it's good for the local economy as well.
0: And I think the, the, the Ministry of Tourism should get involved in terms of Looking at the standard, I think more can be done with them looking at the standard and making sure that there's a uniform, or as uniform as possible, standard as it relates to Airbnb. Yeah. The government of the Bahamas has on average allocated $88.6 million to tourism over the past five years. Understandably so, it has increased its allocation to tourism by 17.57% to 104% plus million dollars for the 2021-2022 fiscal year. Now, the government plays a significant role via the Nassau Paradise Island Promotion Board in marketing hotels under its remit. Does the government of the Bahamas market the Bahamas as a destination outside of the hotels? And do you feel that such a strategy is essential to creating the dynamic, growing tourism sector in the Bahamas?
1: Um, I mean... The I think, like, you see, if you go on the... I um, subscribe to the Ministry of Tourism's newsletter. To, <laughs> and, you know, you could see, like, one-off. They'll have, like, you know, they'll be showing a beach and showing somebody like, making kung salad or whatever. But I think that it's... I don't think that we should be marketing for the... Paying for their marketing for the hotels. I don't know. Do they pay for it? I think that, you know, after we give you billions of dollars in concessions, you shouldn't be asking us for any more money. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But I think that the... Government needs to focus on, yes, you can market um, the country as a whole, and you could also highlight the unique things that we have to offer beyond um, the hotels. And I think it's mostly the larger hotels. I don't think they really market um, the smaller um, Bahamian-owned hotels, although they do with the two-fly free promotion for the local um, travelers. um, They do um, tend to market the smaller hotels, but many of them are still foreign-owned so i think that i mean we should focus like this is a destination this is where you want to come but i do not think that we should take on um marketing or given concessions to for hotels for larger hotels um, to be marketing their properties
2: yeah i agree i think um the government should you know look at like we said if you come up with an ideology for each island you spend some time you know if, if exuma is going to be the pigs and the beaches um you know you have marketing segments on Exuma. You do the same for all of the other islands. Um, you know, get their names out there rather than just saying, you know, come to the Bahamas. Like, tell people, you know, if, if this interests you, you go this place. If this interests you, you go that place. Um, but definitely, we should not be marketing for the, the hotels
0: that, um themselves. Yeah. In Britain, they use their monies from their national lottery to develop their domestic tourism. So we have avenues... If we are complaining about money, we have avenues where we can develop and improve the infrastructure um, of the country. But I don't know if the will is there um, to do it.
1: Yeah, because we don't have a plan (laughs) and there's no framework, framework to go by.
0: So how well has the Bahamas linked its tourism product to other sectors, such as farming, transport, retail, sports, museums, and arts, hospitality, cultural, just to name a few. How well have we done in linking our tourism product to these other segments of the economy?
2: I, I think this is a, an area we fall down um, significantly. I think if you know, someone told you they'll drop 7 million tourists here, um, you just have to find things for them to do. I think we, anyone would jump at that opportunity, but I don't think we uh, fully take advantage of it. Um, you know, I went to a play at the National Art Gallery, um, and, you know, I, after watching it, I said, why don't we have this in the hotels? You know, why isn't at Bahama and Atlantis every week or every night um, some sort of Bahamian cultural show? It used or, to be presentation available even the cruise ships coming here right if you ever been on a cruise ship every night they have some sort of entertainment a a musical or dance you know if you're coming on a three-night cruise to the bahamas why can't there be some sort of bahamian designed or oriented um so you get the full experience of the bahamas so i think you know there are many areas where culture is is available that we should be directly tying into these um because you know if people can perform on the ships that's opportunities for people studying art and dance and you know you're creating other industries these people right now they you know don't have a lot of opportunities to really show themselves uh, but that's a new industry you can create and expand and so I think we have to find ways um, there's agriculture all sorts of areas where we need to tie more um, into tourism to keep more of the money here and make make it better for us
3: but I mean the the orange economy has been desecrated over the years. Um, um, so again, I I I totally agree with you, Angelo. It's 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 consistent with our E and D average in everything we do. Um, and hopefully though, the uh, the new team at the Ministry of Tourism, albeit acting, uh, will will come up with a robust strategy that I guess the government could buy into and, and, and start to implement, and so that the people of the Bahamas can benefit from it.
0: You know, I go back to earlier when we talk about the, the statistics. The, the persons that visit our countries said why they came, and no one said they came here for our culture, no one came for our cuisine. It's the beaches, it's the climate, the sun, the sand see and it's the hotel
3: oh, but there's a reason for that um, um the reason why um companies market is because they say that when you see something and hear something that impacts you no matter what you think it impacts you for good or bad right and so the only thing we show is the sun, the sun, and the sea. We never show any cultural aspect, none of the heritage, on, on, when we're marketing or branding the Bahamas. And that's why, psychologically, they just think about the sun and the sun, and that's it. Do you think we're embarrassed of our culture? No, I don't think we're embarrassed. I just some people don't know. Believe it or not, I just
0: don't people, you know, exposure is a serious thing. I think a lot of our people are just not exposed. And so because we do not have that national tourism strategy... We see successive administrations, successive tourism ministers just play it by air just play it by air in terms of their commentary and so until we sit down and get all of the stakeholders around the table come up with a national tourism strategy and an execution plan for that strategy, then we will be continue going on the hamster wheel until we tie it up. Michelle, Angelo. Anthony, we have come to the end of another episode of C-File Talks. Thank you so much for contributing to this discussion, and thank you, audience, for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please send us a note at info at c or visit our website at www.cfile.com and show your support. Thank you, C-File, for sponsoring this episode. Until next time.